The bank is a good place to keep money. And here is Mr. Adams. The Outline World Dispatch. Tuesday, April 18, 2017. I'm John Lago Marcino. Today, Adrian Jeffries on the problem with a local news sensation. Americans love a good walk to work hero. Jeffy Haza on Amazon. It starts to put into perspective just how big Amazon is. And Rollin Bishop on anime. Anime comes bearing hope. Here's the dispatch. Power. Americans love a good walk to work hero. It is the story of a hardworking man who walked 18 miles to work and the chain of events that now has an entire community rallying behind him. And Bigler walks. Eight and a half miles from this Dunkin' Donuts in Belmont to the Big Apple in Guilford for a night shift. But he and his family live more than 30 miles south. So each workday at 3.30 p.m., Steve pulls on his black SAS shoes and begins his long walk to work. These stories tend to end with the founding of GoFundMes, the purchasing of used goods for the walking men and women, and everybody feeling good. Debbie Bolafeld and her husband so impressed they posted it on Facebook. She says since our story, the link has exploded. Strangers reaching out to now offer him employment. Auto servant Tilton even giving him a free car. But the stories usually don't mention the fact that these tales are surfaced usually because the police got a call about a man walking alone. The cops check out the scene, realize they're not dealing with a criminal, and post an inspiring story on Facebook where it goes viral. Then a news organization reports it from that uplifting angle. This guy is awesome. There's some days I don't even want to drive to work, right? So how about we all think of that tomorrow and use him as the inspiration that he has been to so many. And while these stories might come across as heartwarming, indicative of the power of community and the American spirit, they're really indictments of a country that has the world's largest economy but can't promise a living wage. In January 2015, The Detroit Free Press published a story about James Robertson, 56, who walked 21 miles a day between his home in Detroit and a factory job in another town. The paper wrote that he made $10.55 an hour, quote, well above Michigan's minimum wage of $8.15 an hour, but not enough for him to buy, maintain, and insure a car in Detroit. Robertson, at $10.55 an hour, was living paycheck to paycheck. After his story went viral, Three strangers set up GoFundMe pages for him. He received $360,000 in total and was able to buy a 2015 Ford Taurus. Lifting someone deserving out of hardship by way of internet fame might look and feel good, but viral GoFundMe pages and the kindness of strangers are not a sustainable substitution for social services and higher living wage requirements. According to the Working Poor Families Project, A third of working families, quote, now earn wages so low that they have difficulty surviving financially. This is what it's like to be a member of the working poor in America. Wages are too low. Wealth is unattainable for the poor and accrues to the already wealthy. Social services are inadequate and public transportation is underfunded. These problems disproportionately affect children, women and minorities. Nearly half of states have increased or will increase their minimum wage this year, but not enough. It's great that walking heroes like James Robertson got a windfall, but the fact that strangers paid for him to get a car doesn't make it any less heartbreaking that he couldn't afford one after working full-time for 10 years. The Future Last week, Bloomberg reported that Amazon had considered a takeover of Whole Foods, 
As Amazon continues to grow and swallow new areas of retail, Jeffy Haza has been looking into just how much trouble its competitors are in. Um, so, Jeff, tell me about what's going on with Amazon and Whole Foods. So last year, Amazon kind of floated the idea around of making an acquisition of Whole Foods. Um, there was an activist inve- investor who ended up preventing the deal from going through. But I think it speaks more to the fact that Amazon is kind of in the market for a grocery chain like Whole Foods. I mean, if Amazon were to purchase Whole Foods or to gain a controlling stake in Whole Foods, that would give them access to essentially every U.S. market. Every U.S. city has a Whole Foods, at least one or two. So now you combine that with Amazon's delivery prowess and you have a situation in which all of your grocery needs can be met you know, with same-day service the same way that buying a book or headphones or any of the random things we all buy on Amazon occurs. So it's just a really interesting kind of signifier of what Amazon's ambitions look like going down the road. And Amazon has has moved into or acquired a lot of other companies in different retail areas too, historically, right? Um, So yeah, Amazon has really quietly been kind of scooping up a lot of websites. I think, you know, Amazon was born out of that dot-com boom in the mid to late 90s. I think a lot of companies, a lot of e-commerce companies came out of that as well. And, you know, Amazon survived partly by buying out a lot of their competition. Um, In 2001, Borders Books, their online division, they ended up selling that to Amazon. They purchased IMDb. They purchased Zappos, Comixology, Diapers.com, Soap.com. One of the big things that I think a lot of people kind of maybe overlook or don't realize is most of the internet is controlled by Amazon. So you have Amazon Web Services, which really does you know, I don't want to call it control, but, you know, it accounts for a lot of people's, a lot of websites, a lot of web properties. Right, when there's an AWS outage, AWS outage the internet goes offline. a lot yeah. of your favorite sites you can't access. Um, and then you think about entertainment, which I think is one of the other kind of interesting unsung heroes of Amazon's sort of world domination uh, aspirations. So they've kind of committed to spending $3 billion a year on video. When they when they launched Amazon Prime Video, they started with a budget of about a billion or so, and, and three billion would put them at about half of Netflix. Half of Netflix, and and to think about Netflix's spending outpaces every major network: mm-hmm. HBO, NBC, all of those. So Netflix is already spending more than most TV networks. Amazon is catching up to Netflix, right. while at the same time selling you socks and other things that you need. <laughs> um, outside of that, in 2014, Amazon acquired. Uh, Twitch, which is a super popular video game streaming website. They have 100 million monthly viewers, and they spend 106 minutes a day watching video. This is an enormously popular video platform. Um, How about shipping? Shipping is one of the – that's the big one. That's the big one for Amazon. I think that's where a lot of their ambition lies. And there are certain markets where they operate logistics – Separately from UPS or FedEx, right? Yep. So in Wilmington, Ohio, they opened a uh, freight airline facility. So essentially they were like getting there, – there was no middleman between Amazon getting products from other countries and delivering them within the U.S. Mm-hmm. So Amazon is growing enormously, continues to, to grow, I guess. What's its footprint in retail at this point? So Amazon is expected to control 50% of the retail market by 2021. That's in the United States, so not necessarily the global retail market. Um, And it really kind of, you know, it starts to put into perspective just how big Amazon is. I think they deliver something like 1.6 million packages every single day. I don't have any reason to believe Amazon is like an evil overlord just yet, but I also think it is important to recognize when one company is becoming 
particularly powerful. Well, Jeff, thanks. Absolutely. Thank you. Culture. I've been stuck on anime recently, and it isn't just me. The genre, or medium, has been globally beloved for decades, but it seems to be enjoying a moment of noticeable resonance in the past little while. The film Your Name recently surpassed Hayao Miyazaki's 2001 classic Spirited Away as the highest grossing anime film ever. And it was released in North America earlier this month to rave reviews. There have been Hollywood adaptations of Ghost in the Shell and Death Note. The human whose name is written in this note shall die. And services like Crunchyroll, Funimation, and even Netflix have streamlined the anime pipeline from Japan. This all can be hard to explain, but for anime, it feels simple. It offers hope. The longer, less cloying explanation, though, is that so much of what's been popular lately within anime deals thematically with embracing hope when confronted with what seem like insurmountable odds. For example, your name follows a boy and girl, Taki and Mitsua, as their lives entwine due to an unexplained ability to body swap in their sleep. The premise is the two slowly coming to understand each other and each other's names before being ripped apart by space and time. And there's seemingly no way to return to the admittedly weird situation they were in before. Here's the thing up until the tragedy that serves as the impetus for the second act of the film, it's a goofy movie about two teens being teens. Mitsuo is all feminine in Taki's body, and Taki is all masculine in Mitsuo's body. And then disaster strikes, and suddenly it becomes about what we do in the face of loss. What do you do when confronted with something awful, something you have no apparent control over, and something you simply can't change? In your name, the answer is you try anyway. You hope for the best. It's not just the slice of life day to day drama anime that's in on this. Attack on Titan, the popular anime series about murderous acrobat teens, features cannibal giants that mindlessly gobble people up. The protagonist, Aaron Yeager, watches from not too far away as his mother is consumed, and things only get darker from there. But what Attack on Titan and other anime like it also do is embrace and highlight the complex struggle of humanity, no matter the circumstances. Folks fight back. Even when people are getting eaten left and right, or when the memory of something important fades like in your name, they endure. No artistic endeavor exists in a vacuum, and it almost goes without saying that the world as it currently stands can feel large and unchanging and difficult to fully digest. Despair is simple and easy. Anime can be appealing because it so often accepts that the world is ending, and then offers solutions for that terrifying reality. It doesn't matter that there are supernatural problems solved by supernatural means, it's the fact that the protagonists bother it all. That isn't to hang all of your name's continuing success on one thing over any other. There is an equally strong theme of old versus new, modern versus traditional at play that likely resonated even better with the Japanese audience. The director of your name, Makoto Shinkai, was inspired by the Japanese earthquake in 2011. It was the largest one in a thousand years. He told Vice last year, quote, We forget those warnings or dismiss them as something from the ancient times. We think they're just dangers from the past. When we have a disaster in Japan, I wonder, 
how can we prevent our lives and traditions and history from the disaster? End quote. Elsewhere in the world, Anime Straight from Japan is helping some of us find hope in the face of disaster, too. This concludes The Dispatch. I'm John Lago Marcino. Till tomorrow.